Hello, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and this is LOP Radio on YouTube and Spreaker, and wherever you get your podcast feeds from. Uh, today, I am still ill under the weather, which is why there was no show last week, as you can tell by my voice, so this is going to have to be a shorter show. But today, we are talking the current state of WWE on this road to WrestleMania. Also, you would have noticed there was no Dynamite After Dark this week with uh, Jan himself feeling under the weather. No, I've not given him this lurgy. He's on the other side of the world. <laughs> but I've got to realise I made a very British reference in the lurgy. <laughs> so, uh, you've got the lurgy. Uh, it's from it's from the goons on a, a radio show from like back in the 50s. <laughs> but it caught on. So yeah, like, uh, you've got the lurgy. But yes, I'm under the weather. But I do want to talk about the current state of WWE on this road to WrestleMania. And I'm going to jump right into it before my voice properly goes. In advance, thank you for listening all the way through if you manage it to the end. And if this edit sounds anywhere near decent, because I can't stop coughing either. If I manage to not cough <laughs> during these 30 minutes, it'll be an, a miracle. Anyway, so blasting into it, I'm going to talk a Raw, Smackdown and a bit of NXT. Because they're a little bit relevant when it comes to WrestleMania this year with uh, Ray Ripley and Charlotte. So it makes sense to talk about the state of NXT, especially with them on USA now. They're part of the WWE brand, so a much wider scale. They're not just on like the network as a massive selling point. They're part of the product that is on television, and that's a massive shift. In football first, in terms of what is Raw like at the moment as an overall thing... It's a mix, weirdly, like mostly a positive mix, which feels really, really good to say. It's mostly a positive mix, but there are negatives for me kind of taken away from it. Some cannot be changed. Some are like of this current era type of thing. So it does the overall feeling of the show, after, like when I finish watching it. The next Sha- Saudi show nulls any interest I have in several builds happening on TV right now. Like Ricochet becoming number one contender, going to face Brock Lesnar. I feel like I should be really hyped for that, but it's happening in Saudi Arabia, so nothing, null. Just go read any of my pieces on lawsofpain.net about uh, the Saudi Arabia thing to, like, you really want to understand my viewpoint on it. But long story short, it's a personal thing. I'm not somebody who's going to jump on someone who watches the shows and doesn't see any issue with it. It's one of those where I'm happy to give as much information as possible and you can make your own decision. But I fall on the side of the fence of I will not watch any of these shows. Every time these shows have come about is when my fan patience has been tested the most. Like, even if you're on the side of the fence where when you get asked the question of morality and you fall on the side of, oh, no, it's fine, you're still being asked that question of morality. I don't want to be asked that question when I'm trying to enjoy my wrestling. So the fact I'm even being asked it, I'm not really a massive fan of. When it, well, the side I fall on as well as I stood all over the place I, I don't watch these shows end of I don't write about them or I don't do post won't do any post shows for it I won't even tweet during it because I don't watch it I'll make jabs and jokes but even when uh, it's Ricochet who I'm a fan of to the point where for years I've called him my boy Ricochet <laughs> also my boy Rick O'Shea obviously the Irish in me I've got to say Rick O'Shea <laughs> John's brother yes yeah, so I've been a fan of him for years and seeing him WWE has been obviously great <laughs> and seeing him on that stage on Raw has been great and him becoming number one contender to face Brock Lesnar at a big show 
Like, I feel like I should be really behind that, but the simple fact it's happening at Saudi Arabia, it turns out I can't even get hyped for somebody's career I've followed. I can be happy for him, but also, turns out that's not enough for me still, even that. I find that quite remarkable, because in terms of like testing my morals, it's now somebody whose career I've followed. Will I check in then at that point to see this massive moment for somebody who I've watched for quite a long time? The answer is no. Turns out I still fall on the side of, like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. My fandom's being tested with this to the point where I have stopped watching in the past few summers and the Saudi shows are a massive reason for it because my morality gets questioned and so does my fandom. I have to answer those questions. A lot of people are fine with it, but I, I'm not. So my fandom gets tested every single time these shows happen. That sucks. It really does suck, especially when AEW are kicking ass. It really does suck when I look elsewhere, like New Japan as well. I'm really digging New Japan right now. AEW are probably in there loving their build to their next pay-per-view. And to be fair, WWE, I'm enjoying the quality of it. It's just that when these Saudi shows pop up, my morality's get tested and my, oh, if I'm checking into these shows, it might zap me saying, oh, that's fine, type of thing. As in, they're the morality questions being asked. I don't like answering those questions and that leads to my fandom being tested and that sucks. You can see why the deals have happened. The money is insane. But in terms of the morality of it all, I it just I just fall onto the side of like never say yes to something like that, and it sucks. It sucks for somebody like me. Yeah, that's all, that's all I can really say on it. It does mean whenever the next Saudi shows come up that I I'm like I can tune out for this. But the difference is now that I've got this column series where I'm watching all the shows: Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. I'm putting a column up every single weekend. Last week I was way too ill. <laughs> just, this is this is what I sound like when I'm better. Like I'm I'm still not 100. This is me better. Just just my thoughts just not not quite together. <laughs> so imagine what I was like last week. I was way worse. <laughs> But yes, so I kind of check out, so when Ricochet won, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But it turns out that's not enough. Like, I still fall on the side. It, that doesn't change my answer to the morality question. I still don't want anything to do with this. To the point where I come really close to stopping watching WWE. When they do the, show, when they do the Saudi show in the summer, and there's less like to get hyped for afterwards. Like, this is at the, essentially the start of the road to WrestleMania. So there's a lot to look forward to as a fan after this show. And it's like a three-week window where they're going to do Saudi stuff. And then it's back to WrestleMania. So it's like a small window period kind of thing. Whilst with the summer, there's not much to directly get hyped for immediately afterwards. So I look what I've got on my calendar, because New Japan really kick up during the summer with the G1 Climax and with the thingamabob <laughs> Dominion. <laughs> That's it. Again, still ill. Yeah, so I, it really tests my fandom and I stop watching during the summer. I feel, I am, in my head, I've got no doubt that I will watch Raw and Smackdown regardless. I didn't watch Smackdown last week. I was ill and I was like, I'm ill. I don't enjoy the show. I've not got to write the, write the column, so I'm just not going to watch it. <laughs> that tells me everything I need to know about my actual WWE fandom right now, where the week I'm ill, so I'm too old to post a column. So if I'm not posting a column, I didn't watch SmackDown. Which tells me if I were to stop this column or to rejig it so it, I'm not cover, so I cover different things, I would stop watching SmackDown with, within a heartbeat. <laughs> it tells me something. Raw, I've continued to watch. Which is my other part of this. Even though the Saudi show nulls any interest I have in several builds, I still checked it out when it was bloody ill. <laughs> when I was out of it, fluctuating temperature, shivering. <laughs> We're going from shivering to boiling hot within a minute. <laughs> I still wanted to watch Raw and I still enjoyed it. That says something. For me, that says something. Where you're so out of it, do you or do you not want to engage with it? And with Raw, I did. With SmackDown, I didn't. 
And that's a massive positive for Monday Night Raw. So even with the massive negative of the Saudi shows, I still wanted to watch Raw. Which, definitely, the quality has been great. The show has been consistently great so far in 2020. Like, week after week. Building really, really nicely each week as well. Overall, as a product, the content is entertaining. Like, from segment to segment. If you analysed it, as, I guess, like, the people in, like, the writing world and the reviewing world, be it YouTube, podcast, radio, whatever. If you were to analyse it segment by segment, it'll come off as a fantastic show. Especially this week, where we had... Like, segment after segment was great. Even Mojo Rawley. <laughs> Even Rawley versus where Riddick Moss then pinned him afterwards. I was like, this is typical WWE where they put him in the partnership and it's like one or two weeks before immediately the turn happens. <laughs> it's like, not even bothering to try and make us care. <laughs> not even giving a <laughs> giving it any chance whatsoever. But because it's 24-7 title, I was fine with it. It worked. It added a little comedy stuff to it. Tells you, can get invested in this stuff, but this isn't here to get that invested invested into. That's what that tells me, because they were together for two weeks. That's nothing. <laughs> they weren't together, essentially. Yeah, I like from segment to segment, it was great. My only issue with Monday Night Raw in its current state is that even though each segment to segment is really high quality, even when the show is top-notch, it outstays its welcome. I'm checking the time, waiting for it to end in that final hour. I am not hungry for more, and the fatigue is a real problem. Like, when Monday Night Raw finishes, I want nothing to do with wrestling, because I've eaten too much. You can have too much of a good thing. Like, even when Monday Night Raw is top-notch, it's too much. That's not going to change. It's been three hours for about a decade now. I don't know if it, f- it feels like being an old fan. <laughs> at this point, we're wishing for the two hours back because it's been so long with it being set at three hours. But it's still too long. And now the shows are of a great quality. It is still too long. It's a massive overhaul. And this current era where you're really competing for time from your viewers because everything is so available in the internet age and with all the streaming services giving you instant on-demand access to whatever you want. Uh, with yes, with wrestling, you're really competing for time. And to do my weekly column, I need to watch three hours of War. I can't really speak. Three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of AEW, two hours of SmackDown every single week. That's excluding pay-per-views. And I do the after-talk shows here on LOP Radio, so I am live after the pay-per-views. Where they're three to four hours just watching the thing. Add another two hours for the post-show as well. So I'm putting in like six hours at the weekend, and then during the week it's. Nine hours every single week. That's excluding the writing time as well. Because, believe it or not, a 4,000-word column takes time to write. <laughs> they can't just bash those out in a really quick time. Like, they take quite a, like, a concerted amount of effort. And with Monday Night Raw being three hours, with the amount of stuff... Like, it feels like, in terms of personal fatigue of uh, how much wrestling, like, I'm not going to lie, this past month with uh, Wrestle Kingdom, with the New Beginning show for New Japan as well, they've got AEW show coming up with the Royal Rumble, NXT TakeOver, or whatever it was called, the Worlds Collide thing, then you got NXT Portland this weekend, uh, which I will, there won't be an aftershock for that, I'm not well enough, <laughs> I'm not recovered. But the main point is, the fatigue is real. And a show with nine hours being asked for you every single week. With WWE, it's seven hours, excluding pay-per-views or whatever. But you put it, I put in AW as well, because as a modern-day fan to keep up with everything. Multiple weeks, I've missed NXT. If you've noticed, it's not been in the column. I've not watched it. Like, I didn't watch it last week. I only watched AEW and Monday Night Raw. Again, I was flat-out ill. But I didn't want to watch NXT or SmackDown. It's, I wanted to disconnect from wrestling, because I was fatigued as well. It's real. It's too much. Uh, and <laughs> I watch an insane amount, I I understand that. So it, I am not a normal viewer, I am a bit more of a hardcore wrestling fan checking out a lot of wrestling. But it is too much, and I have fatigued. 
And it's getting to that point where, in my head, I want to rethink the column. Because it is too much. And immediately, SmackDown will be dropped. Monday Night Raw will be skipped through. Maybe checked on. Like, WWE would be the thing i drop because it takes so much time. It is insane. And it's not... The quality is not good enough for the amount of time you're being asked for. Which is... In terms of time reward, it's, it's a video game thing where you put in a certain amount of time and the reward needs to be equal enough to keep you playing. If the reward for time invested isn't right, then you won't want to continue playing the game. Progression, essentially, in video games, not quite the same with the wrestling. But WWE, the time reward isn't, the balance isn't right. You're being asked for way too much time. Yeah, way too much time for a promotion that dicks about with you way too much. It's fine every now and then, but like a bit massive example is the Baron Corbin storyline, where it was just way too much for far too long. <laughs> so I realise I'm talking about SmackDown, and most of the cons are doing SmackDown because I'm really enjoying Monday Night Raw, but it's a massive overall kind of issue I guess WWE have created. They are asking for way too much time, and it, it, it's too much. <laughs> End up. <laughs> that's my main issue with Monday Night Raw. The segment to segment is great. It's like it's made for you to go onto YouTube and choose the segment you want because they don't. The world doesn't interact with with each other. It's not like AEW and I guess to a degree NXT, where the world kind of feels alive and people will interact in the different segments. Kenny Omega was backstage after the Nyla Rose Rio match. Story being, of course, that he supports Rio, but he was there after the women's match backstage with the most awkward hug in wrestling history <laughs> from Tony Khan to Nyla Rose. It was amazing. <laughs> the my arguably my biggest reaction of the night was that really really awkward hug <laughs> Tony Garner oh I loved it but yeah the, that, the world does interact in WWE Kenny Omega is not backstage after that women's match overall it, the world feels connected and alive NXT does a very similar thing where the world feels quite connected WWE's like segment to segment type of thing like a segment ad break segment ad break and very rarely do the people in those segments interact with people in other ones like all storylines are like separate ships type of thing and they've toyed with it every now and then when Seth was kind of hinting at slight heel turn stuff it worked really well because he was interacting with mid carders and things and it was great <laughs> it made the world feel more alive but they kind of reverted back Wrestlemania of these are your programs and the programs don't interact with each other in any way so the world doesn't feel alive but that does lend itself a lot better to watching clips on YouTube. <laughs> so, if you look at it that way, it is some form of adaption. Three hours is too long. Cool. So, don't watch it. Watch the segments on YouTube. That'll be my recommendation. Don't watch Raw. Choose the segments you like because it's so long. Just pick and choose. In terms of like, more individual... Uh, the women's side is building really nicely. Charlotte's Rumble win felt more like... It still doesn't feel like they definitely had a plan. But it felt like, who, well, who else is going to win? I guess they could have gone with Shayna Baszler to win the Rumble, but I don't know. I feel like Charlotte was the right choice, but that's more because she was the only choice. <laughs> uh, I said that about Roman, to be fair, and I was wrong. <laughs> so it feels like uh, but her challenging Rhea Ripley is the most interesting match. So I don't want to see Charlotte Fair versus Bailey. Charlotte Fair as, as the babyface is just not right, <laughs> and I feel like they know that. So her versus Ripley works a hell of a lot better, especially as Ripley... Well, commentary tells us that Ripley reminds people of Charlotte Flair pretty strongly, so it makes sense for Ripley to stand up to Charlotte kind of like Charlotte would. I like it. <laughs> I like like the current star who's been around for quite a few years now versus the future in Ray Ripley. Is that, I, I really like that build. But yeah, I didn't want to see Becky Lynch versus Charlotte again. I didn't want to see Bailey versus Charlotte. This is the most interesting one to me. Even though the Rumble winner challenging the NXT Championship. Yeah, it's one of those like small logic holes where I'm like, but I don't mind because it is the most interesting match. Plus we wouldn't have got Vampire Baszler. <laughs> <It's> like, yes. <laughs> 
Uh, that was different. Shayna Baszler biting Becky Lynch's neck off. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a different build. We'll see how it goes from here. But it's an interesting start, <laughs> fair to say. So I am really enjoying a lot of the content on Monday Night Raw. It's just a shame that a lot of it on the men's side is building to the Saudi Arabia show where I don't have any interest in it. And the show is lengthy to a point where by the end of it, I'm always looking to turn it off. When in that final hour, if I'm not persevering through it, I could easily turn it off. Because I'm fatigued, I'm done, I'm full. But there's still like 30, 40 minutes of the show left, even though I'm full. Like I, I, I want to stop eating, <laughs> but there's still a whole 40 minutes of food left. Anyway, I'm going to now go on to Smackdown properly and a bit of an XT. And thanks to this illness, I've gone all over the place. <laughs> it's just, wherever my brain takes me, I've got no control at the moment. So Smackdown, in terms of the current state going into Wrestle... I've not even talked about Drew McIntyre. Nothing but thumbs up so far. Pirate McIntyre would be amazing. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> also, Asuka, bloody brilliant. Uh, I'm more more fans of them week after week. Uh, her match with Becky Lynch this week was ins- brilliant. Bloody brilliant. Anyway, Smackdown... Smackdown couldn't be any further away from my tree. <laughs> so, a saying, I was like, oh, that's right up my tree. Yeah, Smackdown couldn't be any further away. I've only got one positive, and that's The Fiend, and I guess the characters spinning off from The Fiend, including like Daniel Bryan and The Miz, I guess John Morrison coming back to work with The Miz. Like, for me, they are the positives. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of The Fiend storyline. Uh, Fiend Goldberg sounds interesting, like The Fiend has to win. <laughs> Goldberg Reigns, no, nothing to me. But Fiend Reigns has quite a bit of interest. As I've said before when I talk about the Royal Rumble, maybe I've talked myself into that one. <laughs> I'd want Corbin Reigns to bloody finish <laughs> since October. They haven't had the amount of content to fill October to February. <laughs> it's already done to the point where you see the, the match announced on SmackDown. It's like, again? Really? Like It's finished. Why is this continuing? <laughs> There's nothing being added at this point. But I really rate The Fiend. So positives first. The Fiend and every all the characters around him, I'm really, really digging it. His matches, they're, I guess, 50-50 for a lot of people because they're so story heavy that the as a match content, if you were to rate it by stars, you wouldn't give it many stars. But in terms of like character work, they are so full of stuff. Like, yeah, I really, really rate it. I really love it. But that means that the SmackDown side is really strong. On television, the content for The Fiend is great. And if you're somebody who, like, as I was saying earlier, I would probably drop SmackDown. I would miss a lot of this good stuff with The Fiend and I'd go into the pay-per-view and maybe not be as invested or think, oh, this is rubbish, what's this? But the TV really works in lending itself to the, uh, I guess, the pay-per-view matches themselves. It's just a shame about the rest of the show. (laughs) So I would say on Fox, the run they've gone into, it's mostly fine, I think I'd say. Like, a lot of Smackdowns don't really have many negatives, but I don't really have many positives either. Like, aside from maybe there's a few character work moments for The Fiend that I enjoyed. When I say The Fiend, I also mean Daniel Bryan and The Miz as well, because they're kind of connected with what's happened. There's a lot of positives with that storyline, but as Smackdown as a whole, it's fine, I guess. I see a lot of people really liking the Otis and Mandy Rose storylines. Like, yeah, it's fine, mid-card stuff. I'm I'm never really going to write about it. (laughs) You're never going to see that pop up in my column, because I don't have any emotions towards it. Yeah, it's a fine mid-card angle. It's the main event stuff, really, that drags it down. It's the kind of mid-card stuff which I probably would feel a lot more positive for if I was digging the main event scene. As in, I'm talking the stuff that is closing SmackDown, which more often than not isn't the Fiend stuff. It's Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns is the face of SmackDown, which makes me think, oh yeah, of course he's going to be facing the Fiend at WrestleMania because he is the face of SmackDown. But the actual storylines they've given him, it's really weird. I really rate Roman Reigns in his current iteration. 
genuinely, I think they've finally done it, where he feels like the top guy that they've been trying to push him out for ages. It's one of those where, for some people, he's a lost cause. They will never support Roman Reigns. It doesn't matter. They've overpushed him way too much, way too badly for too long for quite a few people to go to him now. But for me, currently really rate his uh, current iteration. It's just that the storylines they've written for him are crap. They've been awful. <laughs> like the Who Attacked Roman Reigns storyline was so clearly made up week to week. <laughs> it's like, no, there wasn't a plan. And they accidentally fell into something half decent with Eric Rowan. That wasn't the plan. <laughs> like, no. It's one of those where... So it felt like, oh, no, no, there's a plan for this, a plan for this. But then you watch the content and you're like, no, there isn't. <laughs> there clearly isn't. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, it's it was a main event storyline that's made up as it went. And then the storyline after that with Baron Corbin. Again, it's been crap. It's not been good. It felt... Uh, I've been comparing it to the League of Nations where it felt like something for ba for uh, Roman Reigns to do whilst we wait for his main event programme to actually kick in for WrestleMania. Like, the League of Nations were baddies for Roman Reigns to overcome and just beat up whilst we waited for the road to WrestleMania to start. Baron Corbin, Dolph Ziggler <laughs> and Bobby Roode are the exact same thing, but just the feud for Roman Reigns to go through and to beat people up whilst we wait for his WrestleMania road to kick in. However, it's still not ended. It's still going. Last week on SmackDown was more of the same stuff. It was meant to be Roman Reigns finally get his retribution for the dog food. Like, it's a moment that made sense in the storyline to get his own back. But obviously, it's still... It's weird. It's a moment that made sense in a storyline I'd still rate as rubbish. <laughs> Which, again, even though... It's still done its job, though. Like, Roman Reigns still feels like the top established guy even though I couldn't care less for the storyline. I'm skipping through these main events, even though like, I can see that they're fun. But I, I, the reason I can see that they're fun is because I watched the earlier ones. It's been going on for so many months <laughs> that I know the matches are fun, but I've already seen them. I don't know how many times. <laughs> like, I'm done with this. <laughs> it's fine for me to move on. Like, there's nothing new or value being added, essentially. And Roman Reigns getting his retribution, Baron Corbin. Like, I felt like his retribution was got at the Royal Rumble. But then they did the dog food thing on SmackDown, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's more Baron Corbin stuff up to Saudi Arabia. Maybe we get another Reigns-Baron Corbin match. Maybe we get another six-man thing. Maybe Reigns wins the Elimination Chamber or he's in that. <laughs> Baron Corbin can be in there as well, and that'll be your proper... That'll be your proper gears change, I guess, Elimination Chamber, if they go that way. <laughs> there's always the chance it's Corbin Reigns at Mania I'm just throwing it out there that everything I've prophesied could not happen and we get that instead with Smackdown I could very easily drop the show and just watch the Fiend stuff on YouTube I don't look really I don't really look forward to watching it every week I watch it because I write the column if I wasn't writing the column I wouldn't be watching it it's as simple as that in terms of the state of Smackdown I would put it like really low in terms of actual quality it's Fine, uh, fine and relatively enjoyable at best. But most of the time, I'm not enjoying the show. I'm skipping through it. I'm only watching segments because I have to for the work that I do. If I did, wasn't doing that work, I wouldn't be watching it. Yeah. <laughs> Monday Night Raw is in a much, much better state. It feels like they've put in the effort to slowly build up a crop of stars. And that is slowly coming to fruition now. With certain guys starting to kind of feel like they're getting over. Like it's, it's reaping its rewards. Smackdown hasn't done any of that. But it is in. It's got fun segments, I guess. But it feels really barren. 
Now for WWE to have a roster so stacked, SmackDown feels really bare. <laughs> it is really... I don't know if it's because we're seeing the same stars interact every single week in the, the same matches, rinse and repeat. Like Fire and Desire versus Bliss and Cross. Like that's going to be a given. You got your a random tag team thing which doesn't really mean that much. Currently it's New Day versus Miz and Morrison every single week. And you've got yeah, Fire and Desire versus Bliss and Cross. New Day versus Miz and Morrison in some form. And Roman Reigns and the Usos. I think they're called the Brotherhood versus the or the, the Bloodline. No, the Brotherhood was the Rose Brothers. <laughs> the Bloodline versus King Corbin and his amigos. Like that is the SmackDown card, and it's been that week after week now for quite some time. And the the show feels really bare. But they've got an absolutely massive roster. They've got so much talent <laughs> in WWE. How does the SmackDown roster feel bare? Uh, it's it's interesting. I don't know if it's just the way that they book the show that it feels quite empty, but that is the state of it. And I don't know if Fox are particularly happy. The dog food thing split a lot of people. Like my immediate reaction to both of them was, yeah, kids probably love that. Yeah, that's that's silly enough, right up then. Silly enough, and it's a mix of silly and serious that kids will probably love. I'm not a kid though, <laughs> and as a not kid, it wasn't any of those things. And in again, in terms of what I would do, yeah, I'd turn it off. Like, I'm perfectly fine for silly stuff in there but with it being your main event angle and this is meant to be something to generate a sympathy for the babyface it feels like something they never would have done with any of their top babyface guys in the past like they never would have done that but for some reason they do it to Reigns they make a lot they've made so many mistakes with Reigns it's really weird and it's quite the miracle that I feel like he as a, he still feels like the top guy of Smackdown to me even though they've done all of this crap so in terms of SmackDown going to WrestleMania, there's a lot more open than Raw because Raw's got the more direct kind of line going through where it's got Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch set up now. It's got a Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, which really helps as well. We Edge, Randy Orton, like some of the best stuff WWE have done. <laughs> some of the best. The only con with Orton and Edge is that this quality of content is not being used for the modern day guys. As in, it's, it is so good. Is it maybe too good? <laughs> that's my only con. Yeah, so that, that's great. And they've got that building to WrestleMania as well. I feel like I must be missing something. We've got the whole Latino angles as well. Like, easily. The most handsome angle in WWE. <laughs> with uh, Humberto Carrillo, Angel Garza, Andrade is currently away. As Lena Vega's there as well. Got Rey Mysterio jumping in. I don't think he he counts for the handsome award but yeah you got that angle going on and it's like oh I wouldn't mind a fatal four-way at Wrestlemania <laughs> just to cap that off really fun way to end it I doubt that's what they'll do but it feels I feel like yeah that'd be relatively fun it's like the mid-card match uh, energy I guess <laughs> one of the early mid-card matches uh, just to inject some energy early on into the card like second or third or something uh, not the pre-show <laughs> it feels like a US title match which could easily be on the main card given that they're like five hours anyway but yeah, so the Raw have got a lot more directly building to compared to SmackDown where there's it's a lot more in the air. Like they're doing the short-term stuff for Saudi Arabia with Bray Wyatt and Goldberg, not Bray Wyatt Kane, as was theorised, I guess, when Kane was there and then he's not. <laughs> it's a weird one who's just there for a week, wasn't in the Rumble, isn't going to be on the Saudi card. Okay then. <laughs> There's a, yeah, there's a lot less clear direction because they've not had as much stuff kind of gearing towards WrestleMania. I don't know if, if that's because they're undecided or if that's just because they're getting through the Saudi show first and then they'll be more direct with it. Who knows? Long story short, Raw is mostly thumbs up. It's just too long. SmackDown is, for me, thumbs down. It, the, the length doesn't really many, mean anything. The shows are nice and short, but that's the only positive. <laughs> it's over quickly. <laughs> it's my positive for SmackDown. And as my sh uh, voice slowly goes, a bit of NXT... 
The Ellen Brand looks to be featured on the big stage of WrestleMania for the first time this year. Uh, Ray Ripley versus Charlotte Flair all but announced. Like The feud is well underway. They are building to it. They're taking the time with it. I'm fine with that. I saw a couple of people complaining that I was like, oh, they're really dragging this out just not having Charlotte Flair when we all know she's going to. It's like, they've got so long <laughs> to build with this. For me, that says everything when it's only a couple. Like with uh, Nyla Rose becoming a AEW Championship, it was most, on my feed, it was mostly positive. I only ever saw negative when it was somebody like retweeting somebody else's negative post and ripping on it. Like, for me that says quite a lot, where most of the responses are positive. Maybe I've just curated my feed really well, <laughs> and I don't have any transphobic people. But it's a... For me, that kind of says something. Where It's the same with Ripley versus Charlotte, where I'm mostly seeing positive stuff. It's only the odd person, which tells me they're onto something. Like if it's if it's only if mostly positive reaction out on Twitter, for me that means you've hit something that you should go along with. Uh, I'll say that for AEW with Dino Rose, just yeah, go along with it. Like you've hit something here. <laughs> People have responded really positively to it. Ripley versus Charlotte have responded really positively to it. I'm not seeing many cons from people. Again, I didn't watch NXT last week, but I saw lots of positives about the segment. And I saw Raw this week where it added really well to what I'd seen all the week, pre- week previously. Yeah, it's that's a massive positive. And NXT being featured at WrestleMania would be huge for the yellow brand. Being on WrestleMania, you would think, would be a massive boost. The amount is like the Royal Rumble, where the amount of people that watch WrestleMania that don't watch modern-day WWE, if they see NXT featured, they could jump over to NXT and give that a go. It's... It's an interesting one featured in WrestleMania. Because NXT is consistently great. Like, Wednesday nights, I love both AEW and NXT. Like, it's a great day for wrestling. It's too much. I'm lucky that NXT doesn't get uploaded because I don't have BT Sport. I'm lucky that NXT doesn't get uploaded onto the network until the next day. Because that gives me... It means I can split stuff up. Like, I watch AEW on a Thursday, NXT on a Friday. But, uh... Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm tangenting again. <laughs> I'm not well. I've got notes in front of me to kind of work from. <laughs> But yeah, so the state of NXT, I think, is in a really, really good place. I've heard an interesting things in terms of the main event angle that closed the show for NXT TakeOver Portland, where Cole Gargan, Cole, Cole Champer didn't really get a huge reaction. It, it does kind of feel like we're spinning the wheels until Cole drops the belt, maybe moves to the main roster. Like Most NXT champions kind of fall into this area where they are beloved for a long time, but then they've done everything and they're kind of ready to move up because it is developmental. And when they don't move up, quite often there's that feeling of it's, it's time for you to move on. <laughs> and the wheels kind of feel like it's spinning you're just waiting for them to drop the championship because it's not like a main roster championship not like Okada where if he holds that for ages he's on the peak of wrestling like this is a developmental if you're the champion you show the most promise in a way or you show a hell of a lot of it and the next stage is for you to get called up to go to the main roster and prove it there Obviously, there's so much hindering the main rosters that <laughs> you want them to stay in NXT to see them at a quality level before they <laughs> bid farewell to have all of their character work and stuff just chopped in, topped away and diminished. Raw's in a better state, so hope you get drafted to Raw. Yeah, it's in a... I'd say NXT's in a good state. They've been putting on a consistent product. They're just not... I don't know. It still feels... It is still developmental, and that's the biggest con for NXT, is that they are a brand attached to WWE. And WWE... Like, like the Saudi shows do damage their brand. There is no question about that. <laughs> that every time they do these shows, their brand takes a perception hit. Especially somebody like me, like where I question even tuning in the next week when they're hyping up this stuff. It's just that I, <laughs> I've got the work to do. <laughs> so I've got to. 
Yeah, so being attached to WWE is probably the biggest con. The talent they've got is incredible. The amount that they're signing in is also incredible. And their competition with AEW creates a genuine excitement and interest every single Wednesday, which as a fan is fantastic. If I'm, if I'm cutting stuff down to uh, kind of cut down the wrestling amount I watch, it's main roster WWE. Like, without question, I'm dropping SmackDown and I'm dropping Raw before I drop AEW and NXT. So I'm enjoying both of those shows so much. They are both right up my trick. <laughs> but yeah, the state of NXT, I'd say it's weird. I'd say it's good, but I'd also say the main roster kind of pushes for the brand. They've not really influenced people to go watch it, like, at all, as far as I can tell. And I'm still in a point where I'm perfectly... If I miss it, it's not the end of the world, whilst I'm watching AEW every single week. Where with NXT, I don't feel like I have to watch it, even though it's of a good quality. I know if I do watch it, I'll enjoy it, but it doesn't feel necessary. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting, I guess, psychological study of that. <laughs> but I'm way too tired to figure it out. Anyway, I'm going to sign off here. I have no idea if this show's been of value. I, my brain, I'm, I'm surprised I've made it 40 minutes without entering a coughing fit or my brain just fully turning off. But this is Imp is Ill on LOP Radio. Thank you for listening to this. But that, the, the current state of Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Raw is positives, but it's too long. SmackDown is negatives, but it's over quickly. And NXT is, I guess, thumbs up, but does it ultimately mean anything? <laughs> it's a. It's an odd one. Thumbs up, even though I don't feel 100% necessary to watch it, but I'd still call it like one of the most consistent products, wrestling products out there today. Yeah, it's an odd one. <laughs> I feel like with NXT, it's just that there's so much wrestling that if I'm dropping something, it's the one that means the less to the overall stuff. Even though NXT competes for numbers of AEW, in terms of, I guess, the quality of what they're pushing, main roster WWE is more, for me, in my head, competing quality-wise with AEW than NXT's AEW. So NXT on the ladder of importance is rock bottom, but NXT on quality is right up there. <laughs> at the top it's a weird one <laughs> but yes what what do you think of Monday Night Raw in this current state if you're going to Wrestlemania about Smackdown are you digging the builds towards Wrestlemania do the Saudi shows have any impact on you at all whatsoever if you are having one of those busy weeks which show for you gets dropped as I said for me it's NXT or Smackdown first Raw and AW don't really drop Raw's in its own little window by itself so it's quite easy even though it's the longest, it's the most separated from the rest of the week. <laughs> so it works quite well. Anyway, I will not be live with NXT TakeOver Portland because I'm obviously, I'm not very well. I might stay up for the show, but I'll be watching it in bed <laughs> if, if I'm awake. Like, I'm recording this in the middle of the day before I have to get back to doing stuff. It's weird for me recording a show bright daylight because <laughs> I'm way too ill to stay up late. I'm going to set for it to upload at a later time kind of thing and I'm just going to crash. Thank you for listening to the show. You can follow me on Twitter at the damn I'll be back here next Thursday, hopefully. But please do check out the other LOP radio shows. Uh, live after Dynamite, we normally have uh, Dynamite After Dark. We did have one last week. I was too, too ill to upload it. This week we didn't have one because <laughs> they weren't they weren't available. Uh, Fridays, uh, Matt Sadder Plunder's finished, but we've now got the NWA Legacy Series. Saturday's reviewed for AEW Aftershock, where we will be going live after Revolution in like two or three weeks' time. Hopefully I'm better by then. Sundays is reserved for WWE Aftershock normally but I'm too ill to do it this week Kingdom of Honor has now moved to Tuesday so Mondays are free and we might be getting I've already said about we might be getting NXT coverage uh, there might be getting Smackdown coverage as well that one's a lot more in the air that would go out on a late night Friday or Saturday not figured out the details it's not me <laughs> no I'm not doing aftershows on television as well <laughs> I like being able to see the sun and uh, yeah every Thursday it's me I think Sports Entertainment is Dead has got it's either got a couple left or they've already ended you'll find out uh, I'll go check the feed after this and with that Thank you for listening, and I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.